What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Sales Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Lemon, and I've really flipped this whole sales culture channel into the space where I'm going to explore how sales and marketing tactics are reshaping the whole modern day workforce. And I'm doing this whole, you know, work series or future of work series, I should say, around this, all the different tech that's going on around it and how the space is evolving from people working more remotely to uh, just all the different different flips and dynamics of politics with, with inside organizations, especially with the whole gig economy. I think this is gonna really change how a lot of us operate and, and maneuver throughout uh, our careers. You know, if you think back, if you think back in the day, whenever my uh, parents were coming up, I mean, I think the average person had maybe about three to five jobs their whole career. Like, so they would work a good 20, 30, maybe 40 year work span and only maybe change jobs three, four times. Now I saw a stat where the average person is going to change jobs every, I think it said between 11 to 15 different, different jobs they're going to have throughout their career. So times are changing, which is cool. And so if we think about that for two seconds, right? Like if people are changing jobs so much, how do you keep top talent or how do you keep that team approach going for some periods of time? Or is that totally just thrown out the window? And then how do employers attract top talent, right? So not only do you have to worry about trying to figure out how do you keep them focused, engaged, you know, wanting to stay with the organization, as well as, you know, how do you bring on top players that are gonna help you guys achieve whatever goals you guys have throughout the org. So, you know, a lot of interesting conversations to have here. One of the things, selfish plug, that's what sales culture is about. It's really trying to find and figure out how you can brand your actual employer um, in a way that's attractive to people by sharing some of the authentic stories that are going on within your company. I mean, because I think, you know, with one of the best things about media right now is that it's so defragmented that everyone has a voice, right? And we have to mature to how that voice really sounds. So I think there's some growth that needs to happen from that front. But on the flip side, I mean, everyone has a voice. So now we can share the stories that weren't being told in the past. So I think podcast is a great way for that. That's what sales culture is all about. Go to salesculture.work, get some more details there. And so today's guest is going to be with Brian Griffin. Now, I first found this guy, first ran a, ran across Brian whenever he was doing some of his uh, IG stories and he was just talking about the whole day in the life as a sports agent and he was talking about how he drove out to places you know three four hour road trip so he can have a quick 20 minute conversation with some people's family so he's really grinding he's really getting off the ground and it's just a really fun conversation to have with him as he shares just some of the backstories around how that industry really looks because you know one thing that we see on Sports Center is what the what we know what the what the actual players get paid. Uh, they talk a little bit about what the owners make sometimes just from these um, organizations, but really there's a whole separate you know uh, just ecosystem around around the athletes that that falls outside of the actual court or, or off the field, and, and and Brian takes part in a lot of that. So we dive into the weeds a little bit, talking about how people go about finding longevity in sports. You guys know that the average player's career in the NFL is only 
2.7 years. So less than three years there. And um, what's next for these guys? And this is what some of the things that Brian really touches on. Um, talking about the teams that are more management-driven versus player-centric. Uh, you see this a lot, especially in the NBA. Uh, now, Brian only works with the NFL, so we didn't get too deep into the NBA topics. But, but you know, still a lot of things that we that, that we uncovered, and especially the whole conversation I always love to have is whether, whether players in college ought to get paid or not. So I think you guys will really enjoy this. We have a lot of fun talking about – talking about some of those interesting conversations. Uh, Brian keeps it all the way honest about how the industry really works. So if you ever have questions, um, if you're ever watching the movies and wonder, is that what's really going on? He's going to shed some light into that. And uh, with that, I want a couple key announcements. One, I want to make sure that you guys are, if you're in L.A., and you're going to be at the, at the Digimarcon conference, hit me up on uh, Sales Culture, hit me up on LinkedIn, wherever you operate. Uh, I'll have all, all my ways that we can try to connect in the show notes. But I would love for you guys to come on out. I'll be the podcasting host there. So it's going to be on June uh, 12th, 11th, and 13th. So if you're in LA, you're in Santa Monica, and you got and you got some things to get off your chest. We'd love to have you on the show um, for that whole digital marketing conference. If you guys are there for that, that'd be great as well. All right, without any further hesitation, let's dive into today's show with Brian Griffin from the Ovation like Management Group. Conversation, or are you trying to bring on a client? Like, what? What is it? What's I'm, the whole thought there? I'm honest with yeah. everybody because my reputation is everything. Yeah. But to other people, their reputation is, hey, I bring in 30 players a year. Gotcha. And some of my 30 is going to be in the first round, second round. Gotcha. Or, you know, you're going to see them every week. So, you know, it's it's more of a numbers game. Yeah. It's a corporation instead of, you know, relationships. And I Almost mean, like the whole VC type of startup type of mentality yeah. where they'll go invest in like a thousand different companies mm-hmm. and they only need two to pop. Right. Yeah. That's it. It's one of those type of setups. Yeah, it makes a lot more sense. That pretty yeah. much simplified the whole game for me right there. Yeah. And, and I mean, I mean, man, you you know, do you feel like times are changing? Do you feel like athletes are kind of saying, "Hold up, I don't want to just be with the number one guy that has fifty players under his belt." Like, no. You think- um, well, if I'm being straight, mm-hmm. there's a lot of firms that are paying these guys to represent them. Sure. Essentially, I mean they they find ways within the rules to do it, but yeah. You know, in all actuality, you're paying for representation. Yeah. And I treat this like a relationship. Like, I don't want my wife if she wants me just because I'm paying her. Right. So we focus on relationships. That's a good move, man. I mean, I mean, man, uh, I'm glad that you went there early. <laughs> I yeah. Mean, I mean, because it's, because that's the part. I never forget watching, uh, what's the name of it? Jesus Shuttlesworth. He's got game. Yeah. You remember that movie? Yeah. Yeah. He's got game. And so they brought him out to the canvas, you know, gave him this nice show, mm-hmm. you know, took care of him i mean um and i'm like man you know i mean i was never that big of an athlete for people to start trying to pull out the stops for me like i, I ain't right. get none of that i got a letter like hey you want to come right. or not this is up to you right. <laughs> <laughs> you know like and, and so like um so watching him go through that i'm like man this is what's really happening and it does happen for some guys i would imagine absolutely and it's just, it's just a part of kind of selling people but they try to like bring on all the numbers, as as you say, yeah, just like those top agents, and and you know, um, what's the name of the uh, the uh, the one lawyer that recently tried to uh, try to beat up on Nike um, about that one deal? He was trying to hold Nike's guys accountable because they were like, "Yeah, man, Nike's out here paying paying athletes." Oh, uh, in basketball. Yeah, 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 uh, in basketball. Yeah, yeah. 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 I I know you're talking about. Avenatti's. I forgot his name. A- anyway, but but 
we all know that stuff does exist and there's some numbers that are and people are getting money okay. from from somewhere but nobody wants to really talk about it yeah that there's a lot of money moving around yeah um yeah i don't know how much i can go into that but i mean I, as much as you feel comfortable i mean i'm good to go you know but but, yeah. but, but as much as you feel comfortable yeah. do whatever makes sense for you man yeah i don't so i'm only agent in football yeah um but obviously we're arms length away from basketball but there's money moving around in football and it's not that it's not generating as much money mm-hmm. and we could just leave that there yeah no, no that makes sense that makes sense uh talking about money man what's your whole thoughts on uh players getting paid in college i believe they should get paid yeah. i mean they in so many words they're they're high level employees for the university they generate a lot of money 100 percent. so i mean and once you're talking about coaches getting paid millions of dollars per year it's kind of wild isn't it oh my god <laughs> i mean i mean i'm just talking about the whole separation like you know like you know one person gets all right 50k a year if you're going to like a top level program right. usc is like 60 grand a year so their athletes are kind of making you know mm-hmm. all right that's nice i mean don't get me wrong that's, that's definitely good but uh every time i talk to the athletes that are at these programs it's like what they're doing and knowing that they don't have a life mm-hmm. i mean because i remember being in college you know athletes be they're busy from 6 a.m. to yeah. almost at 9 or something like that, you know? Yeah, man. It, it's tough. So I, I played football in college in South Dakota. Yep. And, yeah, 5.30 in the morning till at least 10 o'clock at night because you got to do film before wow. our, our film study in the morning. We'll work out, film. You have your 8 o'clock classes because you need to be done by 3. Yeah. Actually, you need to be done by, like, 2, 2.30 because you got to do special teams. So, man, it, it's tough. How was the whole process, like, hindsight? I I think I don't know. I, I really respect my experience in college mm-hmm. because you know, I, I went so far away from home. I grew up in Florida, went to school in South Dakota, so okay. it exposed me to a lot of life. I was forced to grow up and I mean I got in touch with the right people at the right time and now I saw the bigger picture. Yeah. And now I'm able to, you know, show that big picture to other athletes now. So it, it worked for me. Really cool, man. I mean, um, and so back home in Florida, because you're from Jacksonville, Jacksonville right? Jacksonville's different too, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a good city, but man, it's it's like every time I go to downtown Jacksonville, <laughs> it's like you pull from every walk of life, man. Yeah, it's tough. Right there, like in that little river walker area. Yeah. Or wherever it's called. I, f- I forgot the name of it actually. But 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 yeah, I mean, um, I got one story and I remember being in Jacksonville and I was there for some uh, conference or whatever they had right there at the at the Hilton or whatever that main building is, mm-hmm. right there off the strip. So we went down to like the little tourist trap area. There was some live music playing. It was a black rock band, which is weird. I was like, all right, cool, black rock, all right, something different. And then everyone that was in the crowd was like, it was the extremes. Right. It was, it was like the extremes <laughs> yeah. of the extremes. And uh, there was this guy that was carrying this other guy, like a baby. Oh yeah, I mean, man, because they've been drinking too much. It was, it was obvious. Oh, he was over by the landing there. Over by the landing. Yeah, <laughs> you already yeah. know the area. Yeah, and man, he dropped them on his head, man. Okay. I looked over. I heard like just a thump. I was like, oh my goodness. Oh, uh, yo, this is Jacksonville, yo. Yeah, that's but, Jacksonville. But it's cool though. Yeah. Man. Yeah. How's the whole transition as you're kind of moving around? Like, I mean, has it has it been pretty easy for you to kind of navigate that whole the whole movement? Yeah. I mean, Jacksonville is obviously big. So going to South Dakota is obviously a culture shock there, and the yep. weather is a lot different than Florida. But 
I knew I wanted to be somewhere that's in between. And I mean, my roommate from uh, my freshman year in South Dakota was from here. Okay. So came out on the spring break and yeah. just fell in love with it. Decided this is where I was going to be. Do you have a lot of athletes in this area? Are there, there are guys that actually live here? Yeah. So one of my clients is out here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I was I I would imagine that they're starting to bring on more and more people with the whole you know green rush and everything else like that. People trying to start businesses. I know there's. Oh yeah. And I mean, like, really, it's, it's crazy just kind of learning about how that how lucrative that business is really becoming. You know, as people are really getting into it. Um. Do you have a lot of athletes, not talking about that part of the business, I don't want to get anybody in trouble here, mm-hmm. but I mean, as far as like athletes that are really pressing into trying to be entrepreneurs, are you guys helping them out with that whole piece of, of the life as well? Or do you guys just mainly try to stick to, you know, lots of actual contracts on the field? No. Um, so we do what I consider like holistic representation. Okay. It's all about life after football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess just to go off track for a second, one of the toughest things for me was to figure out who I was outside of sports. Yeah, yeah. So that transition process is something we address day one. Hmm. The day you get on paper, we start talking about, hey, like, who are you? Who is Brian if it's not for your jersey? Mm-hmm. And, and for me, you know, I live to give back. So whatever it is that players want to do, we open that window for them. Our company does what's called like a – we do a business summit. Okay. And we look to do it in every one of their hometowns. Really? So we teach about credit, financial literacy, like – I mean, if you want to be an entrepreneur, start whatever it is that you want to do. That's our way of giving back through our athletes. Isn't it a shame that they don't talk about those basic things about credit? Man. And I mean, like just just the basics around credit, even though most of our country runs on right. debt and like credit. Right. I mean, Absolutely. I mean, but, but but it's not talked about. And in, in, I mean, I think you could bring it up in like elementary school, mm-hmm. fourth, fifth grade. You can start the conversation, I feel like. But it's but it's passed through. And it's not even touched in college. No, <laughs> you, not at you, all. Know, you know. I, I mean, so I think that's a really good point that that, that like you guys are actually bringing that up to people, right. because um, I'd imagine a lot of guys have a culture shock. Yeah. Whenever they're if you play ball and all you know is ball, and you and you've been dominant at it, so you can rise to the ranks. You had to be mm-hmm. dominant on on like every level that you're playing just to even get to the pros, and and so then you kind of take yourself out of that. Then it's like there's a whole. I mean, you've been so niched down and like narrow focus because you had to be. Right. Then the world opens up to you, all the rest of the world open, opens up to you, and it's like, where do we go from here type of type right. of setup, right? Right. Man, so um, how are players kind of taking on lots of that actual feedback from you? Is it, is it a pretty open open conversation? Or are like guys kind of looking, for, you know, gravitating almost towards you for that type of uh, guidance? Yeah. Well, I was saying the recruiting process is sometimes it's hard to even get to that level because really? – you know, I haven't been around for a long time. I don't have okay. 30 years behind me. So okay. me just walking in the room, it's like, hey, my name is Brian Griffin. It's like, all right, brother, well, who are you? <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I'm don't. i not one of those guys that recruit based on who I have on my client roster already. Yeah. Because if this doesn't work, this just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, but once okay. once we, you know, get past the, you know, breaking the ice or whatever and we have some trust, yeah, we do talk about that. And some people are receptive to it, some aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just look for guys that are, man, man, man you know, how I, I was about to ask you a question, but I had to stop right there because I'm really glad that you said that because you you guys aren't just down to work with everybody. It sounds like you want to no. find the right fits, yeah. which is, which I, I firmly believe is the best way to kind of roll in business. You mm-hmm. don't try to sell people on ideas that they don't want to buy into. Right. 
You just let them kind of, you know, I'm like, all right, that's not my client. So that's that's really cool that you guys are doing that that whole route. How long have you been um being an actual agent now? So how many years has it been? Two years officially. Okay. Um, been in and around the business for five now. Nice. Four or five. Yeah. yeah. What's the hardest part about getting out the ground? Uh getting through bad information or when I say it's a lot of people paying or there's just a lot of loose ethics, I'll say. Yeah. And that's just me speaking honestly about it. It's also tough me being a black man. I'm only 28. I turned 29 in a month now. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. you know, walking up to parents that's like early 50s or whatever, say, you know, I'm 29 years old. I'm agent. This is, you know, my, my track history. This is my why. Yeah. It, it's tough for some people to get through that, but yeah that and like the travel i mean we'll for example last season i drove six hours to see a kid talk to him for maybe five ten minutes afterwards yeah and had to get back on the road so man i had 12 hours of driving one day to talk for five minutes granted i got to talk to the family for a little bit before that but you know yeah dedication it, yeah that's you got to do it's tough but it's worth it man you know um how are some of the big guys doing it? Whenever they go about doing how they do, they do they kind of flex the actual Rolodex? Is that how they get into the doors in a lot of places? Or uh, some people, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know how. I don't want to put a target on my back next don't, year. Don't, man. Recruiting. No, man. Don't, don't. You know. Yeah. I'll go ahead and cut you off right there, man. So, <laughs> then we can move to the next topic, man. But I think your actual eyes said plenty, man. Um, you know, lots of. Lots of actual conversations around that, but um, have you seen this actual movie called? Uh, it's on Netflix called High Flying Bird. No, man. So it's cool. Um, I think you might like it. It's not that the like it's not like a acting's okay. Um, but the actual concept of that movie is really interesting to me. It's about uh this first round draft pick uh, NBA guy. It just got you know inked and then the basketball basketball movie. Yeah, I seen that. Oh, did you? Yeah. All right, cool, cool, cool. I, I yeah. mean, like, I mean. That whole idea of them challenging the whole system a little bit, yeah. where they're kind of like, all right, look, you know, you're the actual talent here. Right. Without the actual top players, it's kind of like, what do we got? Right. You know what I mean? Right. What's your whole idea of that whole concept, man? I mean, I love the idea of it. Yeah. Um, ultimately, I would I would love to see something that can challenge the NCAA. Sure. Um, so when I was seeing that, that's where my bigger picture was coming from. It's okay. Like, if you had enough athletes that would stand point. up to the NCAA, and it's like, hey, we're not going to do this. This is our league. So, like, if the AEF was for fresh out of high school guys that yep. don't need to be in the, in college, absolutely. I, w- I would love to see a system that challenges the NCAA. You're not going to challenge the NFL because, I mean, it's like it's a minor big, league trying man. to compete with MLB. It's, it's impossible. Right, right, right. That's a great point. I didn't, I didn't even think about that, though, man. Like, having a system – for high schoolers to kind of be a part of. Yeah, especially for basketball now that, you know, they're able to talk to agents, you know, in high school now. Can they? Yeah, you can get advice. I didn't know that. They just changed their rule, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mean, man, because, like, to to me, like, that's one of the the big giants that I think people uh, are are trying to chip away at, like, this this whole conversation about athletes getting paid. And it's, it's still interesting to me, too, because I – my whole personal thoughts on it is I believe athletes should get paid. I don't understand how you can get a head coach making like, you know, ten million, his assistants making six figures, whatever they're doing. Right. You know, and then all the guys that are out there busting the butt, you know, trying to win the games for the actual 
for the brand, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they don't get anything. I'm not saying you got to cut them a, a major check, but I don't get how you don't get a decent livable stipend, you know, right. type of stipend. I mean, I don't think it has to go crazy, but a stipend it seems like a minimum. But there's other guys, agents as well, that are like, man, no, they got a free ride. And they're like. <laughs> That's not even true most of the time. True. Think about how many players walk on to their sport that get nothing. They're actually paying to be on in this program. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Their hours are the same as everybody else, yep. if not a little bit longer because, I mean, as a walk-on, you're a glorified practice dummy until you prove that, hey, I mean, I can actually do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, think about how I put it this way. The school pretty much owns them. So, like, let's say they want to transfer – for whatever reason, let's say, you know, I have a, a sickness in my family. I have to move back home now. Right. Like, you may have to sit out, like, for your sport for a year. So you got to find a school that likes you that much that's going to let you come. But if a coach wants to transfer and upgrade his job, you could, you know, you're coaching right now. Bring your coaching staff with you. We want you. Mid-season, right? Yeah. I mean, most of them doesn't happen mid-season, but, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It can happen almost at any given moment. Yeah. And these players, I mean, a lot of them come from struggling back backgrounds. Yep. So, I mean, I think that also plays into why a lot of athletes take bribes to sign with agents. Because, I mean, I mean, it's just the writing on the wall. Let's be honest about it. Um, yeah. I mean, I did a paper in law school about different ways you can pay athletes. So just the TV money from uh, March Madness. Yeah. You can pay every athlete, I think it was like five or $10,000 per semester wow. for like five years out. Now it's just a basketball TV contract. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I can understand. Actually, I can't understand amateurism because that's that's a lie. If the legal back or the legal history of amateurism is a joke, yeah, yeah, I, I'd love to see him get paid. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, um, unfortunately, I feel like it's it's much easier for them to do it in basketball than it is in football. Hmm? I th- it just just because of the pure numbers, you know. Yeah. Um, but even if it's a a slice, you know, like I'm yeah. not. I'm one of those guys that believes that, you know, compound it, you know, it, like let us get like a little piece, then we can come back to the table next year and, and then we can right. try to restructure things. Um, but, but you know, I know there's people that want the big checks, but like something, right? It makes right. too much not to do something. Right. Have, have you seen Have you seen any, uh, any guys that, I mean, and I'm asking just because I'm curious about this at all. I'm not, uh, I haven't seen it done, but do you, have, do you know any guys that were able to kind of almost sit out after like a certain point in like college and then come back to the pros and actually have an actual impact in football? No. You almost gotta work you almost gotta walk that line, don't you? Yeah, you yeah. have to kinda go through that system. Yeah. Yeah. It it's tough. I mean, I'll say Bosa this year, I mean, with him, you know, he had his injury or whatever and just decided, right. hey, I'm getting ready for the NFL. Right. I mean, it's not many guys that can do that. Yeah. But obviously his brother's done very well in the league. And yeah. I mean, we—he's gonna be a top three pick. How do you feel about guys doing that? You know, you know, guys just taking like you know, not playing in the whole bowl game because you what's the one linebacker yourself. from um, uh, Notre Dame, the one guy that that got hurt during the actual um, bowl game, and then he was out for almost two years trying to rehab. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely side with players for protecting themselves yeah. in their best interest. Yeah, because I mean, to be honest, we talked to these guys before they even playing this game i mean up in when bowl season is here that's our prime signing period so oh, we've really? already had our conversations about hey you know like what do you really want to do yeah 
because, I mean, it's the same as talking to a junior about coming back for a senior year. It's like, this is where you are now. This is what could potentially happen. The choice is yours. And for most players, unless you're playing for a national championship, it just don't make sense. To actually you, come back and actually do that senior year. Well, no, to oh. to play in your bowl game. I got you. I'm with you. Like, yeah. regardless of what year yeah. it is, I mean, I mean, if you're like a freshman, sophomore, I mean, that could potentially affect, you know, next year. Right. Because, I mean, you're a freshman, sophomore, you, you have to come back next year. Right. But if you're a junior and you're projected first, second round, an injury could hurt that a lot. Oh, man. I mean, yeah, I mean – it's like mad risky, man. You hear you hear a lot of people, um, you know, down people on these different type of sports talk radio shows. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that I, I, I kind of I'm really into doing the whole podcasting thing because you get to have both sides of the conversation, right? You know, and and this is why you know even even once we were kind of chopping it up not too long well over the phone, you were kind of talking about how maybe you might get into podcasting. I highly encourage you to think yeah. about doing it because it's great to have both sides of the story right if you have only one voice coming from espn they work with the nfl i mean right. that whole you know the whole system don't get me wrong it's cool P- people try to bring some different thoughts but nobody's really speaking that heavily from right from the player's mouth man right and how it is to be at home for two years trying to rehab yeah. not sure if you're going to ever play again and then you got to figure out life afterwards and yeah. you know that whole life of being like a straight free agent mm-hmm. is crazy yeah <laughs> it, it is so yeah, absolutely yeah yeah I mean, um, matter of fact, are you working with any type of free agents right now? Yeah, I have one now. He's just talk about the struggle a little bit for that. I mean, if you don't mind, in free agency, uh, if you're not a big name, I mean, it's it's tough. I ain't gonna lie to you, it's tough because you have to. Well, at least where we stand at, I don't want to put you in a system that you're not gonna make a roster. Yeah, and just because you've been around for two years, three years, whatever, don't mean that you know you're just gonna walk in somebody's system and make it. Yeah, like. As good as even Von Miller is, like I'm sure there's some systems that he may not work in. Sure. So it's you can't just look at it. It's like okay, you know, Team X needs this position. Like, of course we're going to send our player there. Of course not. He may not make the roster. Yeah. And then we've wasted time and our resources. Really, don't make sense. We probably burn a bridge in that process. Makes sense, man. I mean, I, I mean, so. I want to ask some really dumb questions here because I'm I'm not really sure of this process that much. So whenever you talk about they might get cut, so even if the team calls them up and say, "Hey, I would love to talk to your player about joining the squad," um, like there's an opportunity for them not to get make the actual cut, and then if they don't make the cut, is there other opportunities with like other teams, or do you kind of close the door at, after that process? So I guess right now, so if a team were to bring in any player, one they're going to do like a brief workout, yep. you know, obviously like interview and whatnot, and you have to pass the physical. Yep. So if, let's say the workout doesn't go well or they can't pass physical, that team can decide not to bring them in. Um, any other team can decide to bring them in or not. Um, let's say, so training camp's right around the corner. Yep. So let's say players brought in the training camp and he just doesn't fit the system. Mm-hmm. They cut him, or they cut him any time before the preseason. Of course, any time during the season, another team can bring them in, but you know nothing's nothing's guaranteed. It's so, probably a lot harder too. I mean, after guys are already starting to fill those slots on those, uh, yeah, on the roster already. Yeah, especially if you, you've been in the league for a while. Let's say you don't have a whole lot of production. Mm-hmm. Teams think about things in in terms of money. Like they're they're running businesses. Yeah. So if I can get you know cheaper labor, yeah, that can do essentially what you do, or I can train him to do what you do. I mean, you know business. 
Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I mean, man, so how do you market someone that's in, like, free agency? Like, is there – Do you, are you guys calling up to, like, teams? I'm just asking now because I'm, I'm just curious about the process because there's probably so many guys in the league that are, are trying to, you know, find their spots on, on rosters. Is, is there is there anything that like that like agents could do to help get them more recognition? Yeah, by like teams. Yeah, scouts are our best friends. Okay. I mean, you guys are if, with scouts all the time, then. Yeah, if it wasn't for scouts, yeah. I would. Of course, we'd have an idea of who we should go after based on like, you know, whose name is getting screamed every Saturday or whatever. Yep. But at the end of the day, you know, scouts have direct access to a draft pick, mm-hmm. so I'm not leaning on my own judgment. So, of course, you lean on your scouts and say, hey, you know, like, have player X. Um, I mean, where do you see him in your system? And yeah. obviously you sell him on his strengths and, you, gotcha. you know, talk around weaknesses. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Cool. Cool. Well, that, that makes a lot more sense, man, because, you know, a lot of times I'm thinking as as we're getting more uh, tech savvy, and, and but it's still kind of the a lot of those same systems Yeah. of you're still trusting someone's gut to be like, hey, this guy's got it or he doesn't got it. This guy's going to be a fit. And then the people that are within that guy's network are the people that kind of get, you know, top of mind, basically. Right. Hmm. Right. That, I mean, that's the draft process. Yeah. Like, obviously, so there's, like, tiers of scouts. So you have, like, your area scouts. You have, like, your, you know, like, your pro personnel, the ones who actually have access to the draft pick. Yep. So, like, our scouts at a ground level advocate up. And, you know, personnel are the ones that, you know, make these draft picks. So, Yeah make friends and you know make sure you have the right guys and they're the ones that make sure you have the right guys man um i i really feel like this is um because I, I i was talking to a previous guy right before you kind of uh, came in and he works for a lot of um teams but more so on the sports medicine side mm-hmm. and and we were just saying how it's just like everybody knows everybody yeah every time i go to a team and i start name dropping or i might mention somebody mm-hmm. it's like i mean everybody knows everybody has access to everybody right it's a small group of people yeah i feel like and so if you're in that then then you're always there but yeah. i feel like if you fall outside of that for whatever reason yeah. politics blacklisted whatever happens there right um then it's the it's probably really difficult trying to get back into that type of yeah. in that circle man i mean yeah. um i don't know i don't know I, it, yeah it's kind of interesting just kind of hearing how things play out yeah. from the inside, you know? Yeah. That's that's probably the toughest thing it is for us in recruiting yeah. to get it across to, like, families. Like, it's like big agent X ha- has to have all these, you know, contacts that nobody else can get. It's like, right. but the right player, like, right now, if I represented Bosa this year, yeah, it's not a contact in this league that I couldn't get. 100%. But players and families don't see that. They just see, like, the glamour of, last year yeah and you know every player is different like no player on my client roster is going to be the same as you yeah so every presentation we give anytime i'm talking to players it's always different because your situation is different you're coming into this world different i can have the top receiver this year and i represent let's say odell yeah odell's story is a lot different than you know the top receiver this year yeah whoever that may be sure so i i mean players just fall for that kind of stuff though Man, you know, uh, that's why you got to start a podcast, man. Right. You got, I, I mean, I mean, because I think families, and I'm, I'm not trying to put it all on the players, because I think the families yeah. got, got to be more educated as well, right? I mean, a lot of times yeah. these guys, I mean, it's funny. Whenever I go to these locker rooms, I'm like 35 now, and I feel like an old head. I'm like, these guys, you know, 18. Yeah. I mean, another three times my size. <laughs> you, right, know, right. you know what I mean? I mean, 
So these guys are straight monsters. But 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 when it comes to it, these guys are kids, man. Yeah. You definitely. know what I mean? I mean, are they just graduated high school? Are they you know two years out? And I remember how it was to be 19, 20, even twenty two. I mean, you're still trying to get your arms around life for the most part. Right. I mean, so um, and then have so much attention. Yeah. And people don't really. I, most people can't even comprehend what that type of you know what I mean like yeah, it's different access is like to your life. Mm -hmm. So 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 anyway, I, th I think families gotta kind of get caught up to speed too because they gotta be they gotta be in this process too with them. Yeah, that yeah, you speak my language. That's, All right. that's our recruiting <laughs> process. It, yeah. It's tough um, trying to speak something different than let's say other agents because yeah. I mean we focus on. The relationship yeah and in that relationship we're trying to educate you about this full system like this very real we we're talking about it earlier yeah 2.7 years that you, you could potentially have in a league every player wants to play for 10 years and be a first ballot hall of fame of course that doesn't happen mm -hmm. so i mean i got some thoughts around that too man i mean now that we're just kind of wrapping the, you know now we're just kind of wrapping here man it's like i think that because so many people watch espn mm -hmm. and they show the highlight reel of Odell nonstop. I mean, who knows right. how many times they talk about that guy every week. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but they don't talk about the other what three thousand players in the league. You know right. what I mean? Like, I mean, you, you, you know what I mean? Or right. I'm not even sure how many there are, but let's just let's just call it. You know what I mean? Hundreds of players throughout the league, and the guys that are like free agents, right? Right. And so they hear this, and that's the story that they buy into. Yeah. For themselves, all the families buy into, for their sons or their daughters. You know what I mean? Right. And they're like, all right, my guy, my son's gonna be like this. And it's like this whole idea of losing touch with humanity, really. Right. It's like people don't want to sit down and just have conversations anymore. Right. People want to fast track it. People got some, you know, backdoor type of motives. Right. Or there's something else going on and they, they, they want to kind of get to that fast buck or whatever it may be. Right. And they don't want to go through the growth process of mm -hmm. just putting in the work day in, day out. And that's what really I feel like is the ultimate wins. Like, yeah. look, anybody that I feel like is super um, on top of it constantly you know going through like this whole winning process is because they're putting in the work day in day out yeah and it's not like this one big you know lottery pick that they got <laughs> you know you know right, right yeah those i mean those are guys we ultimately look to sign yeah guys that you know they get the bigger picture yeah i mean i'll, I'll brag on one of my guys now so i have a, a guy in this draft right now and i'm more excited about who he's going to be outside of football than like who he is as a player because he, he just gets it that's dope. And not everybody sees the bigger picture. Yeah. His family got it. I mean, his dad played in the league for several years. That's his brother's it. been in the league for several yeah, years. So man. talking to him, the conversation was just different. And yeah. that was the first time, like, I just laughed the first time I met him because, like, bro, like, you just get it. Yeah. He was so, raised in it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like, if his pops played, mm -hmm. then I'm sure his pops kind of blazed the way a little bit for at least that educational process. Right. You know, genes too, I'm sure, but 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 still, at least in the understanding of how this business operates, and right. that's what I think a lot of people don't have. Absolutely. You know, you know, a lot of people don't have that person that's that's been there yeah. to give them some wisdom. Yeah. I'm like, this was this was really going on behind the scene. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Recruiting him was is funny because I didn't have to waste so much time breaking the barrier of, hey, this is good information. This was probably bad information. Yeah. You know, like this is what the draft process really looks like. Yeah, it, to date, I'm I'm so stoked for him. Like, that's yeah. awesome, man. I mean, I mean, man, you know, uh, it, it's funny how the right people kind of click click easy in, in business, right. and uh, a lot of times we get stuck trying to uh, 
At least I do. I'm trying to pull teeth. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm pulling teeth. I got to stop. Right. <laughs> you, you, know, right. you know, like, I'm working uphill here. This is way too hard. I, I have to get off this train. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but, 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 you know, so talk a little bit about what some of those options are for some of your players outside of the league, you know, because once you say that you're going to be happy for them and, and you're proud of where they're looking, like, what are some of those conversations like and, and what's some of the um, maybe some of those journeys that those guys are going on out after the league? Right. Um, well, I'll say after the league, the, the biggest adjustment is just being a regular person. Yeah. Like, from all that fame. Like, so Michael Phelps talked a lot about it when he finally retired from swimming. Yeah. It's like, I went from, like, this top dog, you know, gold medal winning swimmer to, like, everyday person. That messes with your head a little bit. Hmm. So, I don't know. I guess that, that also goes back to just recruiting right people. I also make sure I recruit people that don't think too much of themselves. So, like, even like myself, like, I'm not, like, there by any means, but yeah. I don't know. You you got to stay centered. You got to stay grounded. Um, so, that's probably the, the toughest part about, you know, transitioning. But as far as options off the field, you know, players can really do anything. I encourage them to get into real estate, um, learn how to invest without using a financial advisor i mean of course like have your your backup safety net it whatever you will but there's there's so much free education out here or like people that's doing it yeah that i mean you don't have to pay somebody a whole lot of money to learn how to invest in real estate so i mean that's one thing i've i've taught myself we preach at our firm that you know you want to make more money off the field than on the field right because you need something that's sustainable off the field because 2.7 years so if you don't have something set up for that. That's a great point, man. You know, um, just talking about investing, I, how do you how do you block a lot of these sharks coming at the, at your players, man? I mean, because I'd imagine those people, they're like, oh, he's going to the league. And, and you know you know how it is. When you're, if you're a superstar in high school, I mean, you're probably a crazy superstar if you're going to the league. And, and so hometown loves you, mm-hmm. or they have this image that they love you. Um, college, people love you right. back at the um, college. And then you get to the pros and all of these people that have been following you throughout this journey. And you got some sharks in there as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, how do you kind of block those guys from kind of getting at your players, man? Uh, we change all their numbers. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean. Yeah, that's, that's But really, point. though, yeah. right after the draft is over, yep. during training camp, we change everybody's numbers. So that way we don't have random people hitting them up. Because you, you acquire a lot of family members and old friends that do you remember this time mm-hmm. that comes out. And it's like, no. I'd, I'd rather you have my number than our client's number because they need to focus on playing football. That's a good point, man. You know, you, you know, um, and that's got to be the toughest people to actually turn down no. is the family. I mean, I, I, I mean, from the player standpoint. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. That's I mean, why I'm the no man. Right, 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 right. <laughs> <You can't>, right. <laughs> so everybody needs to go through you moving forward. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, be yourself. Talk to you. You know, your closest family. Whoever has your number is going to be because you personally gave it to them, and obviously team personnel. Yeah. But outside of that. No. Man, you know, it was crazy just thinking about how um, Nipsey Hussle got, like, killed earlier this week, man. Right. And it's like, you know, he was home, though. Like, he was man. in front of his store, bro. I mean, right. like, that. That I don't really get rocked a lot when people pass. I mean, not saying, you know, I'm cold-hearted, but, you know, things happen. Right. But that one kind of got me, though, man. For real. You yeah. know? I mean, especially how it happened. It even got me more. Yeah. You know? Um, and yeah. and um, I could imagine, like, the athletes kind of, go home and, 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 and there's and there's that type of energy unfortunately yeah. around them, you know? Yeah. Um yeah, man. 
it's, it's gotta be tough, man. Are you a fan of Nipsey at all? Yeah, absolutely. All right, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Man, I love Nip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he had, I mean, he had like a um, crazy message though, man. I, you know, I got into his because uh, I'm from the East Coast. So I wasn't really into his music until I came out to the West, like two years ago, mm-hmm. and um, I got into like Mailbox Money because they were playing at the barbershop. And I was like, this is like, I got into it two years ago, so I was like, I think it came out in 2013, 14, something like that. Yeah. Um, and so I was mad late to the game. But yeah. it was like, the stuff he was talking about, Yeah. I mean, track after track after track, I was like, whoa, this is, the, yeah. people weren't thinking like that. No, that, yeah, that's, go back to our, to our why and our, our agency, it's mm-hmm. like, I'm here to give, and I mean, for a person that gave so much free game. Yeah. It's sad to see him go like that. It was free, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. stream, but it's free. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's wild, Brian. Yeah. So, so, Brian, we are about to wrap it up, man. Um, I want you to kind of plug your agency, plug your why, if you don't mind, mm-hmm. and then plug how people can kind of uh, find you online. All right. Um, well, my, my personal why is, you know, painting a bigger picture changing communities through athletes that mean that's my why one thing i learned in college is with me studying money or finance people would do so much better had they been educated on it hmm. so i live to give away all that for free kind of like what nip is doing like i don't obviously i'm not nearly where nip is at but one day ovation management is going to be known for putting people on our clients and their communities um, I guess what's next for us is, you know, we're just looking for the right guys, yeah. guys who align with that guys who, you know, see a bigger picture in life for them and their families leaving legacy. Um, as far as my social media, uh, Brian Griffin underscore three, uh, not really on Twitter. I have a Twitter. Obviously okay. you follow the news, but <laughs> yeah. I don't post anything on it. <laughs> of course yeah. <laughs> I mean I mean, man you, you know um, I think what you guys are doing is major and, and I think the fact that so many people were impacted by Nipsey's passing man I, I think that, that that's a that's a that's a sign that people were trying to get were trying to actually get to this level Yeah, you know what I mean like people are like looking like oh yeah I mean it was starting to resonate as long as we don't let it lose steam yeah. I think it's moving in the right direction, man. So I think you'll have some pretty good prospects looking your way, man, because I don't know how, if you understand what's happening, how you don't at least kind of want to learn more about that process. Right. So, Brian, appreciate you coming on the podcast, man. Thank you for you know traveling across town, jumping on the microphones, man. And, uh, dude, definitely enjoyed having you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. So like that, it's a wrap, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Sales Culture Podcast. Please subscribe to the other channels, the Joe Lemon Experience as well. I'm getting a little bit more, my getting my hands dirty again back into the healthcare and health and wellness conversations. It's just something I really care about. I can't leave it alone. But you know what? If you're interested in learning more about sales culture, please go to salesculture.com work. Um, I think there's a lot of interesting things happening in the future of workspace. And if you have any meaningful thoughts around that, I would love to have you on the show. Just please reach out to me either on LinkedIn or catch me on any of the major platforms at Joe Alex Lemon. Until next time, you guys be phenomenal.